key women in the Quran. We're going to think about some women who are mentioned in the Quran. The Quran speaks of various women, but they're not spoken of by their personal name. It addresses them as the wife of Adam, the wife of Noah, the wife of Abraham, also the wife of Aziz, who later was the wife of Joseph. But only Mary is giving her personal name. Mary is the only woman named by name in the Quran, in Surah 19 and Surah 3. But we'll start by thinking about the wife of Adam. The wife of Adam, whom we know as Eve, we find a number of references to her. In the Meccan Surahs, in Surah 20, 15, and later Meccan Surah of 7, but in the Medinan Surah in chapter 2. As we were saying, the Quran is not chronological, but so various stories appear in sort of pieces, bits about her in various places. You cannot read her whole story in one place, so you need to get the picture from various parts. She appears in the story of human disobedience in Surah 20 as Adam's partner in the garden. Surah 20 gives the facts from Adam's point of view, actually. The warning is addressed to him that Iblis is his enemy and also that Iblis has whispered to him to t the temptation and that Adam disobeyed. By contrast, Sorda 2 mentions the, her role in the event, and Sorda 7 speaks of both of them having been tempted, succumbed, repented, and were banished from the garden. The banishment is not included as a serious matter or that that was the original sin. Surah 2 is believed to be revealed in Medina and not Mecca, and as the other give the creation of Adam and warning to both of them and how Satan caused them to be expelled. God forgave them, and they were banished. It is not a story of a broken relationship or a problem that they had with God. It's sort of just a mistake, and they were banished. Often our Muslim friends think of them as being banished from heaven, that actually the garden was in heaven and not on earth. The commentaries uh, give us further information, just like we have other books written to help us understand the Bible. There are many commentaries and books written over the years by various scholars of Islam that fill in some of the details. As you see, it was rather sketchy, and we have very little information. We don't have a complete creation story or the creation of Eve. But Tabari gives us the creation. He has used what sometimes is called Israeliat materials, or other words, he has used Jewish source materials or even early biblical materials that were available. And he expresses that Adam's wife, her name was Hoa, which, which is very much like the biblical Hebrew name that is in the Bible. It means she's the mother of all living. <clears throat> he gives her creation story uh, that she's born of Adam and how Adam gave her her name. But it also mentions, were it not for this calamity that afflicted Hoa, the women of this world would not menstruate would not bear their children with uh, 
pain and trouble, but because of her, these things have come upon women, which is interesting that the Quranic story does not express any serious consequences other than banishment, but Tabari fills in some further details and gives the theme that women are lower morality mentally and physically. Zemek Shadi doesn't so much talk about her errors, but mentioned that because of this problem, she was unable to attend the funeral of her husband. Bukhari introduces the f- a story about her being made from a rib or a cricket rib. Later, we look at another woman, Abraham's wife. But before we do that, it's often in talking about Eve, it's good to think of sharing with our women friends the creation story, the story that is in the Bible, how God created the world and the wonderful things he made. I often found it quite exciting asking, what things are you happy that God made? Just recently, we were telling that story a few weeks ago in our messy church Sunday, and the women were naming how happy they were. One of them was so pleased that God made eggplant, Another one was telling how they were so delighted with all the peppers and the various things that women enjoy cooking from that part of the world. But then we were talking about being happy that God made women and how happy they are. But on a previous occasion when I had said to some of my women friends that God made a perfect man, it was rather funny. They all shouted out, no, there are no perfect men. And after a few minutes, I suggested to them, yes, You're right. I never saw a perfect man either. But what about perfect women? Have you seen them? It was rather quiet, but soon they all said, yes, that's true. There's no perfect women either. We all have lots of problems with ourselves. But another woman quite quickly said, I have a question. My question is, can we go back to that perfect place? Can we go back and start over and have another chance to be what this perfect person could be? And of course, I said, yes, that's the next story. We'll find out whether there's a way back. The second person we want to think about is Abraham. Abraham's wife is not mentioned by name either, the wife of Abraham. And there's the story of the three men who came to visit Abraham They came to his tent, and he shouted to his wife to make a lovely meal, and his wife was busy making the meal. And the men told the message to Abraham. Part of the message was, your wife is going to have a son. The promise that Abraham would have the son that he'd heard before is renewed. And Sarah had a laugh, although her name is not given in the account. But his story is very similar to the Bible story, and the story about Sarah. And then, of course, we know the other story which I would like to share with you later is that Sarah when she was waiting to have a son had an idea that they could have a son through their servant girl and so we think of the story of Hagar Hagar is not mentioned in the Quran but her son is of course but because most of my Muslim friends are well aware of her and think of her as very important she is the mother of Ishmael the mother of the Arabs So she's a very important person. And also, she's very important when you think of going on the trip to Mecca. You go to the well of Zemzem, 
And the well of Zamzan is the water that the angel Gabriel gave to Hagar when she was running back and forth in frustration trying to find water for her son. So Hagar's story, though it's not in the Quran, there are many stories about her in the stories of the prophets and about her son and about his being the important one who built Mecca with his father Abraham and also about the sacrifice of her son. Although the Quran itself does not mention that Ishmael is the sacrifice, the story of Abraham and his son only mentions that Abraham sacrificed his son. Neither Isaac nor Ishmael is named, but in the passage, the reference seems to be clearly to Isaac, and early commentators refer to Isaac and say that it was Isaac. But more recently, most people are believing that it absolutely was Ishmael. The story of her son and the story of her life, I think, is very important. And so I always think it's a wonderful Bible story to tell to our friends. Hagar is in the Bible. Do you know Hagar's story in Genesis 16? I think the Bible story of Hagar is very important. And usually, my women are very happy to hear the story. It starts with Sarah and Abraham. They had gone down to Egypt, and on one of their journeys down there, they were given a servant girl. We don't know how old she was, but quite often, servant girls in the Middle East could be 10, 11, 12. A young girl, pre-teenager, would be given and work in the home as a helper, a servant. And Hagar left Egypt, left her home, and her family, and comes to live with Abraham and Sarah back in the the land of Canaan as it was there, and traveling and moving about with Abraham and Sarah. We don't know how they spoke with her, what they talked to her about, what they believed and what they knew. But when we see some of the things that happened to her, we realize that she must have begun to learn who God was. And so then there was the problem, Sarah was promised a son, but Sarah, in her impatience, tried to work it out. Yes, Abraham, we could have a son, perhaps as we call a surrogate child. So she persuaded Abraham to impregnate Hagar and have a child with Hagar, and that would be their son. It wasn't what God had planned, but they went ahead with their plan, and soon Hagar was pregnant, and then things didn't go so well between her and Sarah. And she was very upset and decided, I'll just run away. And off she ran to probably a desert area. But while she was there, what we see is that it says in the scripture, the angel of the Lord met her. And what's very interesting is he called her by her name. Because in several of the passages we've been reading, it's called the servant girl that came with Sarah. But when God meets her, he knows her. He knows her name, her personal name. Hagar, what are you doing out here? What's going on? And she said, Thou, God, seeth me. Hagar, a servant girl, was met with God. She heard God. And God told her about her son and asked her to be obedient and go back to Sarah. And she obeys God and does what God said. And she called her son Ishmael, the God who hears. 
always think that's a wonderful name for God. And that's what Ishmael reminded of her. My God, he hears me. He knows me. He called my name. He hears me. So each time she would be shouting for him, Ishmael, the one who hears and the God who hears. But it wasn't long before she had a problem again with Sarah after Isaac was born and things didn't go well. And she ran away. God asked Abraham to send her off and she left. And again, in the desert, in serious conditions, God met her and Ishmael. She's the woman who saw God. It's quite interesting that a young servant girl and she recognized him and he knew her. And so her story is part of Abraham's. But I think Abraham and Sarah must have been telling her about a personal God who would know her and that she could speak with. There are a few other examples in the Quran of, that are negative. Don't be like the wife of Noah or the wife of Lot. But the other person I would like us to think about that's very important is Mary. Mary is in the Quran. Mary, the story of Mary is in Sorda 3 and Sorda 19. She's the only person, a woman, to be named by her name. And the Quran celebrates her chastity and that she was a virgin who gave birth. She seems in the Quranic story to have been living in the temple and maybe a little bit like the boy Samuel lived in the temple. And God supplied her miraculously with food, although it seems to suggest that Zechariah was supposed to take care of her and look after her. And the story of Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, is sort of a bit entwined within the story of Mary. But then the angel comes to bring her the news that she shall have a son who will be a perfect son, pure and sinless. Her son is later born in the story of the Quran. seems to be that he's born under a palm tree. And there are no details of the story as we know it in Bethlehem. The story is missing the shepherds and Joseph is not mentioned. But yet it's very interesting. Mary is there and she's an important part. Uh, and, but the history seems to resemble the story of Mary in some of the apocryphal gospels of the 4th and the 5th century. The gospel of Thomas or the gospel of James the Lesser doesn't quite match the story that's in Matthew and in Luke. But it's quite good when you have opportunities perhaps at Christmas, but even other times, to tell the story of Mary and who she was and how God came to her and how it includes the story of a larger story of people who also came to see her son and to meet him. But I like so often to talk again about names that God has given you because God told Mary about her son that a child would be born and a son would be given, and that he should be called Wonderful, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And as you explore a little bit, who was her son? A Wonderful, and a Counselor, a Mighty God. He's given names that surprise us. Her son is someone very special and very important, and the Prince of Peace. So it, and then to Joseph, Mary told him about it and God gave Joseph a special name as well. And he said, thou shall call his name Jesus 
because he shall save his people from their sins. And it also mentioned that he would be called Emmanuel, God with us. So we have to kind of look at these names. Who was he and how do we explain who this person must have been that Mary gave birth to? And I think that one of the things that's helpful is to think about the child was born, but the son was not born. He was the everlasting one. He was given. He came as part of it, but only the physical life into the human body was born at that time. But I think looking back as we've been thinking about women, women that were in the Quran and women's stories are the same ones in the Bible. We can think of Eve and have the wonderful creation and how the things happen when Eve did not listen and Adam. Then we can think of the story of Hagar and God who meets a young woman, a God who hears what a wonderful person it was to her to have met God. And the story of Mary, to whom God also sent a special message and gave a special purpose and a special son. And I think you will find it quite interesting to share these stories uh, with your friends and let them discover and see what they think about the stories that are in the Bible. And they will probably give you all different details from the Quranic stories, but it will give you a chance to ask lots of questions about them and for them to explore who the people are that you know with the same names that they know.